Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Bobby the Awesome here. And today I am on uh, day 16 of the Fearless 30 Challenge. And our prompt today is about sharing our old beliefs and what's the difference between what I used to believe then and what I believe now. And of course, my transition point would be my recovery. <clears throat> so for me, I think one of the biggest beliefs, because I've changed a lot of beliefs the last few years, for sure. But the biggest one surrounds, and, and this is no surprise, I've told you guys this before, um, is, is being that I'm worth it. Just like I tell you that you're worth it. And from my background, that wasn't always necessarily the message or at least the way my brain received the message. So I understand that my thinking wasn't right about this for many, many years. Nobody intended to make me feel worthless. And now that I believe that no one can make you feel anything anyway, um, it really was just all my noise, or as Dr. Noah calls it, um, head trash. I had things happen that were signposts to me that made me think that I wasn't worth it. You know, like the biological father never paying attention to us or like basically treated us in for another family. But it wasn't until after he died and I, you know, did a little bit more on my journey, I realized, well, he was addicted too, and he was effed up and he had no idea he was hurting us. It wasn't like he woke up one morning and said, okay, I want to make my daughter feel not worth it. Cause I'm not going to be like one of those dads that, um, hangs out with their kids or takes good care of their kids or pays the gazillions of dollars in child support for their kids. Um, all of that had nothing to do with me personally, but I didn't know that I was never, an athlete in school. I was never uh, like the chosen one for, for anything, at least from my perspective. We, we came from um, more of a place of like survival. Mom did a really good job with the resources she had and, you know, a dad like him uh, to be very independent and growing up, I can remember looking around like all these people have all these things or uh, yeah, thing, material things is what I'm talking about or opportunities. And it felt like I didn't always have those, which then it's like, well, if this, this person can ski, why can't I ski? Um, you know, like it's just, again, all noise, the way that it played out, it had nothing to do with uh, you know, my parents wanting to to give us everything. I, I, mom gave us everything she had to give. And then early in my 20s, I had started um, dating guys that were married. And for years, so many years, I told myself, well, this way I can just have them for what I want them for, like dates or sex or whatever the things are. And then I can send them home to the wife and the wife can do the laundry and rear the kids and do all that stuff. Um, so I thought I was in control of that situation for a really long, long time. And 
it wasn't until again, being on the other side of rehab and doing some of the work that maybe that's not what it was about. Maybe it was not feeling like I was worth having a relationship where the guy courts you and dotes you and uh, has an equal partnership or any of those things. Um, my my ex-husband, mind you, it was wonderful. So it, it's not a reflection of him at all. He was he was great. I I was just still in the clouds of it all. I was drinking a lot, gambling a lot when I was married. So it wasn't it wasn't until first of all when I got out of treatment, um, I ended up getting involved. I went into treatment involved with one guy and left treatment involved with a different guy. Uh, both were married. And it wasn't intentional, but the second one, the one out of treatment, just seemed uh, so much better than the past one. (laughs) And uh, I know for sure, like, that it definitely was, happened for a reason. And there, and so much good came out of it. it. It doesn't even, it doesn't even matter, but I can remember him treating me on a level up than, um, the past ones did, but even then push came to shove, uh, he didn't get the divorce he was promising, right? Like none of the other guys promised they were getting a divorce. I had no expectation. I didn't want them to get divorced. This one though, like showed me the papers, the, the separation papers. Like I still have a copy of it somewhere on my phone. Um, So to be told, yeah, I'm getting a divorce. Yeah, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. Yeah, we're in complete alignment. Um, And then to not make that choice, even in recovery, it could feel like, not worth it or not the chosen one or whatever. And um, it really has nothing to do with me. It has to do with him. And I had to learn that. Um, He's worth having the greatest things in the world for him too. Just maybe it wasn't, it was, it didn't make the most sense for us to be together. So um, I'm grateful for that experience and so many gifts that it gave and he kind of like leveled me up uh, and I've made a choice to not go back to uh, uh, getting involved with married men because I am worth more than being like a spare or part-time or whatever and now that, that's probably the best example I can give you about the transition um, I probably didn't try for certain jobs or I was intimidated by um, other people if I thought that um, I wasn't worth it in a situation. I remember the first time I went to a a grant conference and that was while I was um, in recovery. And it's a whole bunch of, you know, very wealthy people. It's a big deal. He's a big deal. Uh, The celebrities that he had in the room were a big deal. And I remember thinking, I'm freaking nervous. Like I got to go be around these people. Um, and that came from the old, old processing of feeling like, am I worth it? Am I, am I like, do I belong in this room? And the truth of the matter was I did. And I do. And there's nothing different between me and any of those people. We might be in different places of our journey, but it doesn't mean that I'm any less or more worth it than they are. And 
with the vision of three, two, one, I want everyone, everyone, everyone to know that they're worth it. I don't, we were watching a movie last night uh, with Sandra Bullock and Vincent D'Onofrio. So Vincent D'Onofrio used to be on my future husband list um, till he disappeared from Law and Order, but loved him. Totally my kind of guy, salt and pepper and tall um, and kind of quirky. <laughs> anyway, um, in this movie, the the premise that I was just about to share with you totally escaped me. Being worth it. I totally lost my train of thought because I told you about him being my future husband. Oh, so there's a scene where there's a halfway house. Um, like a lady gets out of jail and moves into this community living place. And within, you know, the first couple of minutes, there's four women in there. They have to share a shower. It's timed. Um, the girl's stuff was um, at risk for getting stolen. And I made my mother press pause. I was like, dude, press this, press pause. And I looked at her and I said, well, three, two, one's not going to be like this. Everybody's going to have their own bedroom and bathroom, maybe got to share, but I don't see why I couldn't have its own bathroom, like a hotel room, um, ample food and, and all the resources that they need. It shouldn't be about whether or not they're worth it. Of course they're worth it. Anybody like it's a human life. Everybody is worth it. Um, but not, I know that when you're in in addiction, chances are you don't believe that you're worth it. And it's, it's that reprogramming and undoing that damage that has to be part of that. That's why it's so important to me that they have um, separate rooms it, it, as part of the vision. I will tell you that last night I was like, hmm, does it make sense to have two people in a room though? Like so that they have camaraderie, but I don't know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to, because that's not a worth issue. That's just a recovery, like how I want to proceed with that. Anyway, um, I also, I don't know if it was from a book or something not too long ago, it was talking about, you know, um, giving, oh, like the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. And why do the people who aren't like say on welfare all offended about, why do they get so upset? Like, why are you giving to that person? Um, like it's a sign of laziness or whatever. And quite frankly, every person is individual and um, to make those blanket statements aren't healthy anyway. But if those people are getting resources, how, I think the question was framed something like, well, how does it serve us individually, me individually to not give them those resources? Like, how does that serve me? Once I asked that question, um, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, quite frankly, it's none of my business in the grand scheme of things. So, um, but they need to feel like they're worth it. I'm sure anybody taking something for nothing doesn't feel like they're worth it. And hopefully that can be part of the culture that we're changing because everybody's worth it. And giving and receiving is actually bonus gifts. You know, if you receive sweet, if you get the opportunity to give even better, like you feel amazing and it doesn't have to be monetary. It could be acknowledgement, like smile at strangers, let them know that 
they're worth smiling at because everybody's worth smiling at, right? So that's our little message today for day 16. Appreciate you beautiful people being here. And I'll be back with 17 and 18 and you know how that goes. Love you, beautiful people.